This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the, the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. Today on the Indo Daily, the Tornish's Middle East tour and the search for Emily Hand. Well, we know she's alive. We know she, when they took her away, she was alive. Whether they've killed her in the meantime, I don't know, but she was definitely taken hostage, kidnapped. 23 Irish citizens have fled Gaza through the Rafa crossing. And meanwhile, Michal Martin's team were forced to stop and seek shelter when an air raid siren rang out during the Taunish's diplomatic visit to Israel. Being to Israel only most recently, I spoke to Prime Minister Netanyahu, the Foreign Minister, the President of Israel. They know full well the Irish position. And back home, there were tense and highly fraught scenes in the Dáil as TDs debated a number of issues, including the expulsion of the Israeli ambassador. Israel is in repeated violation of international law. This state, your government, can make a referral to the International Criminal Court, Taoiseach, and you should, and you will enjoy the support of everybody in this chamber and the entire country if you have the courage of the truth and justice to take that action. I'm Ellen Coyne and today on the Indo Daily I'm joined by two of my colleagues from the Irish Independent. Philip Ryan, political editor who is live in Cairo and in our Dublin studio by Hugh O'Connell, the deputy political editor, to ask if Ireland's stance on Gaza is making us a political outlier on the world stage. So, Philip Ryan, tell me, first of all, where are you right now? Right now, I am sitting in the headquarters of the Arab League, just beside Tahir Square in Cairo, where uh, Michal Martin is meeting the, the head of the Arab League to discuss the ongoing escalation of violence in the Middle East, uh, specifically in Gaza and the ongoing humanitarian situation um, facing Palestinian people. Um, he, he's over there here as part of a two-day uh, state visit. The first day is Cairo, uh, and Thursday he will be in Israel, in Tel Aviv, and, and also traveling into Ramallah, in, into Palestine. So I'm conscious that at this moment in time, you know, there's a lot of discussions in the news about people with Irish passports who are trying to get out of Gaza. And we're also conscious of people with connections to Irish families who are being held hostage by Hamas as well. Is that going to be a big issue for Michal Martin during this trip? Well, it seems to, the, the trip, the visit here to the Middle East seems to have coincided with some pretty good news for those people, for around 40 people trapped in Gaza who ha do have Irish citizenship and, and people who are related to them as well will, who will be entitled to leave. And the good news this morning was that a group of them, in or around 30, they don't have the precise numbers just yet, 
were allowed leave. The, the, the process is that the, a list is given, a number of names are given by the Israeli side to the Egyptian side, and then there is a, uh, a various clearing process or a vetting process as people go through the, this Rafa crossing, which you hear about a lot in the news, and uh, they, they can then travel safely into Egypt, where there is uh, obviously no uh, violence at the moment and there is no war. After they've arrived there, we're met by Department of Foreign Affairs officials who have been working on their behalf and using diplomatic channels to try find a way for them to get out and make sure they're put on the list for people who, who can leave. And and after that, they, they will subsequently be brought to Cairo, where we are here now. It's a really interesting trip because I suppose one of the things that has marked Ireland out since the outbreak of this conflict is the fact that some of our government ministers and most recently Simon Harris this week have been very strong in the language that they've used against Israel. What does that mean for the trip? Like, is Ireland seen as a neutral country still on this issue? Well, where we are at the moment in, um, in obviously, the Arab Republic of Egypt, uh, Michal Martin met with the foreign minister and where, where they had an engagement and they spoke uh, about their desires for, for peace and a, a solution for the ongoing troubles, not just now, but like the long-running struggles and conflict between Palestine and Israel. And one of the, the, the things that's noteworthy that both sides are, believe in a two-state solution, Egypt and Ireland, um, the Egyptian um, foreign minister was very welcoming of the fact that Ireland has been pushing for a ceasefire, calling for that home international parliament, pushing for a full ceasefire during uh, um, European uh, Union um, meetings, whether it be foreign ministers or, or at the leaders level. So, so that is noted and we are seen as kind of somewhat of an honest broker um, within the European Union and uh, a country that, that understands um, the issues facing the Arab communities and the Arab countries in this region. It could be a whole different ball game in Israel. Uh, there's already, even I'm only back from Israel a few months uh, or even weeks ago, uh, before all the fighting kicked off in uh, Gaza. And there, there was always, there, there is a bit of a frosty reception there for both. Uh, the media, for um, our leaders, our ministers, our um, Taoiseach, they do believe that, that that our stance on Palestine doesn't tie in with theirs. And, and, and it, they are used to having possibly bigger powers in, in other countries and um, being more supportive of their flights. And that, like I said, was all before October 7th and before the awful, horrendous, barbaric uh, Hamas attacks on on people going to music festivals, on babies, on mothers, on fathers, on, on everybody they could get their hands on. So so that is going to be very interesting to see how that will transpire. I'm conscious as well, Philip, when you mentioned there, you know, that um, that heinous attack um, that Hamas perpetrated on the 7th of October. And we know that over the last week or so, we've had the, the very difficult news that um, Emily Hand, who had been presumed dead, is believed by Israeli authorities to still be alive and to still be held hostage. Do you have any update on that? Emily's birthday is going to be this week. It will be Friday. Friday, yeah. Um, but it's not going to be a birthday like any of her other Birthdays. Like I say, um, no, no birthday party, no birthday cake, no friends. Um, like I say, the, the, the saddest part of it is she's down in the tunnels of Gaza. She won't even know what day it is. They, they don't know what 
This is a, a big element of this trip as well, and the Tornish has said it on a number of occasions that, that, that he wants to make some sort of progress, some sort of inroads in establishing the status of Emily Han number one. Uh, how she's how she's doing? Is she being looked after? If she is in a these tunnels underground in uh, Gaza. He, he, he spoke um, at length, I think, today with the, the, the Egyptian foreign minister about her plight. And he, he said he was he thanked him afterwards for the assistance he is giving. We, we were not any clear on, on whether Emily is 100% alive, I think, number one. And number two, whether she will be on any, any list of hostages that could be released anytime soon. So Hugh O'Connell, Deputy Political Editor with the Irish Independent, you're joining us in studio now. Philip was mentioning there about the Emily Hand situation, and this has become a really big, really important story. Was Ireland a little bit late on this? Well, I was in Korea uh, two weeks ago with the Taoiseach where it, it was just becoming apparent to the Irish government, I think, and even he wasn't aware. He was kind of caught off guard at a, at a media opportunity when we were asking questions about reports out of Iran that uh, Michal Martin had been engaging with the Iranian foreign minister about an Irish citizen who was who was caught up in the hostage situation in Gaza. Um, so the information that, that was becoming known to the Irish government was kind of patchy, but it, it subsequently emerged in the days that followed that the, the DNA tests carried out on, on the bodies of victims in the Bowery kibbutz where Emily Hand was uh, did not discover her DNA. Therefore, it, it was now assumed by the Israeli authorities that she had been taken by Hamas into um, into Gaza. Uh, and that situation obviously creates a very real crisis for the Irish government where uh, a, joint, uh, a dual citizen, an Israeli-Irish citizen, eight years of age, uh, presumed dead, her father having given a series of very emotional interviews that went around the world where he was rejoicing at her death because she was spared the uh, horrendous situation of being held hostage by Hamas, was now being held hostage by Hamas. Um, so... That, that situation, I think, has has led to the sort of uh, efforts underway right now where you have the tarnished of Michal Martin um, in the Middle East, as, as we've been hearing from Philip. And, and even in the last few hours, uh, Michal Martin has visited the Berry Kibbutz where Emily Hand was taken and seen firsthand the sort of situation that she uh, would have faced. I spoke with her father, Tom Hand, um, last week uh, and uh, indicated, made it very clear to him that Ireland would be doing everything it possibly can in any conversations we are having to secure the release of Emily. Uh, it is a, a terrible trauma to visit on any young child, to be abducted and to be on her own without family uh, in a very, very uh, traumatic situation as currently exists um, within uh, Gaza itself. You know, Philip, Philip is there and, and we'll be reporting across the Irish Independent on that. Ireland, yes, perhaps caught on off guard a little bit, uh, having to spring into action. But once it has, it's been working the diplomatic channels to try and get an outcome that is um, a good one for, for Irish citizens who've been caught up in this. And obviously those diplomatic channels, for very good reason, happen not in public. Understandably, the Han family are in a desperate situation where I think some meetings have been facilitated between them and the Irish government. And they've kind of asked the Irish government for help trying to get their daughter back safely. But... How much of a role would Ireland have in something like that? Or is this something that's kind of going to be led by the Israeli authorities? Well, I think Ireland makes as much as it can of, of its diplomatic channels that it has with, with Egypt, for example. We saw Michal Martin meeting with the Egyptian foreign minister, the Arab League, where Philip was talking to us from. And they use those diplomatic channels. And of course, they keep the diplomatic channels open with the Israeli government as well, who are obviously making efforts to, to release all of the hostages, all of the Israeli citizens that are caught up in, in Gaza. 
and being held by Hamas. Um, so they work those channels in so much as they can, but obviously they are one small cog uh, in in a in a vast sort of wheel, I guess, of of um, countries involved in this. There's lots of dual citizens who are hostages in Gaza. Uh, there's also the situation um, whereby uh, up to 40 Irish citizens were uh, unable to get out of Gaza. Uh, very much top of our mind at the moment uh, is uh, Irish citizens who are uh, um, held in Gaza for one reason or another, and very much a priority for us to do anything we can to facilitate their release. And that was viewed in some quarters, people before Prophet TD, Paul Murphy, had suggested that they were being held, um, or that, that they weren't being allowed out, rather, Israel wasn't facilitating their exit because of Ireland's stance in relation to Israel. And and it's very harsh criticism of Israel, which we'll, we'll probably come on to talk about. Um, now, obviously, the release in, in, in recent hours of, of many of the people who couldn't get out of Gaza is um, is welcome and, I suppose, is evidence of the fact that, that perhaps Israel has responded to the Irish uh, diplomatic lobbying on this. Um, but, but we are a small country in the context of many other countries who are involved in this and many other countries who have a much greater influence in this part of the world than we do. And that debate about the importance of keeping diplomatic channels open has really been raging yeah. back home as well. There was two uh, two votes on two motions on Wednesday night in the Dáil that were um, the proved to be quite divisive, both politically and among the public. Can you talk us through what happened there? And Israel does have a right to defend itself in accordance with international law. However, context is everything. Firstly, it's blatantly obvious that Israel's actions, the atrocities that they've committed, are in breach of international law. The blanket bombing of Gaza equates to an annihilation which can only be described as an encroaching genocide upon the Palestinian people. Yeah, so I mean, since since the outbreak of this this conflict, since the October 7th attacks uh, in southern Israel, the, there has been uh, a sort of broad political consensus around the condemnation of Hamas, um, although some on the far left have, have, have been quite reluctant to criticise the Hamas attacks, um, but also a belief that Israel needs to, to uh, operate and, and react within in, in the bounds of humanitarian law. But as Israel has bombarded Gaza and as, ten, uh, as thousands of people have died and thousands of children have died and the images being beamed across the world are harrowing, that political consensus has begun to fray quite considerably. So in the Dole this week, we had two motions, one tabled by the Social Democrats to expel the Israeli ambassador, Dana Ehrlich, um, and another uh, to, uh, from Sinn Féin to refer Israel to the International Criminal Court. Sinn Féin has also supported the Social Democrats' motion to expel the ambassador, but they've, they've tried to sort of, uh, in, in the first instance, they weren't calling for the ambassador to be expelled, but having come under pressure from their own grassroots, they changed position on this. They think that her diplomatic status should be revoked. Israel is in repeated violation of international law. This state, your government can make a referral to the International Criminal Court, and you should and you will enjoy the support of everybody in this chamber and the entire country if you have the courage of the truth and justice to take that action. May I speak? No, just may, may, may I speak? Well, this is a parliament, this is a democracy and I'm going to be heard. Uh, this is not the same as Ukraine because an investigation into potential Israeli war crimes in the Palestinian territories is already underway. That is the position. We support that investigation. We provide millions in funding to the, to the International Criminal Court so they can gather the evidence and take prosecutions into the future. And I very much hope that happens. Mary Lou Macdonald very made, made a very impassioned plea for that in an uh, unscripted remark in her Ordesh speech last weekend. 
Um, and in the Dáil, uh, it broke down along party lines. The Social Democrats uh, were critical, for example, of Michal Martin engaging with the Israeli government in, in going to Tel Aviv uh, to, to meet with his counterpart. Um, and there were very strong calls for Ireland to lead the way on this and, and remove um, the, diplomatic st- the, the, the diplomatic status afforded to, to the Israeli ambassador to expel her uh, and also to refer um, Israel to the International Criminal Court. If we expel the Israeli ambassador, it would have an impact globally. It would send a clear signal that when Ursula von der Leyen gave the green light to Israel's genocidal assault on Gaza, she was not speaking for all Europeans. It would further isolate and put pressure on Israel to stop. But the votes broke down along party lines. Uh, The motion uh, to expel the ambassador fell by 85 votes to 55. The Sinn Féin motion um, was defeated by 77 votes to 58. On the International Criminal Court, the government have made the point that Israel is already under investigation for alleged breaches of humanitarian law by the ICC since 2014, um, and that it wouldn't make much of a difference if they did complain. Sinn Féin have made the point that there has been complaints to the ICC, multiple complaints by, by many countries to the ICC in respect of Russia's actions in Ukraine over the last 18 months. Um, so that is where it lies. There was a very uh, strong protest outside Leinster House uh, in advance of the vote on Wednesday night, uh, where I think around 800 protesters uh, showed up, uh, many uh, carrying uh, Palestinian flags and calling for the expulsion of the ambassador. Ironically, the ambassador is in Israel at the moment with um, the Taunishta uh, as part of the, the mission out there. And do you think that the ambassador would have been paying attention to that vote? And is it is it potentially difficult or embarrassing for Michal Martin to be on this trip while a vote like that is happening? Well, I think it's not unexpected, but I think obviously the ambassador has not been shy about uh, being in the media in recent weeks, um, making the case, making Israel's case, arguing that what they are doing is justified as a response to the atrocities committed on October 7th, arguing that it's being done within the bounds of humanitarian law, a position which appears at odds with the evidence that's emerging day by day from Gaza. Um, And she has been critical of our own president, Michael D. Higgins, who has a long history of activism in in this space and from the outset was extremely critical of Israel's response suggested it may have been in breach of international law, a position that the Irish government has slowly come to uh, the conclusion as well. Um, And she uh, made a very strident, uh, strong criticism of the president in the pages of the Sunday Independent a few weeks ago. So um, I I don't think she will have been surprised by this response. Ireland uh, is seen within Israel um, as a a hostile country, I think, towards towards the Israeli cause. Um, Michal Martin and successive foreign ministers and successive Irish governments have made the case for the two-state solution. But Ireland has, has a long history, I think, of solidarity with the Palestinian cause, which doesn't really uh, in, engender goodwill uh, towards Israel, I think. And Israel feels as if um, the whole narrative in this country in particular is skewed towards the Palestinian cause and is not objective in the way in which uh, we report and the way in which we discuss this topic. It's obviously a position I think as journalists we would disagree with, but um, that's their position. It's their long-held position. And I think that any ambassador who's come here, and I've met a few over the years, Israeli ambassadors, um, they've always taken the view that that uh, you know Ireland is a broadly welcoming country in some respects, but that they have to deal with a very... Uh, a public that who where, where the majority of support is is for Palestine and not for Israel. And this perception that Ireland is kind of hostile to to Israel, that historically we would be sympathetic to Palestine. There are people who might not watch uh, things that are happening in Leinster House very closely that would have seen a video that went viral this week of Simon Harris. 
There's absolutely no doubt that what Hamas did was despicable. We've all condemned it. It deserves absolute condemnation. It was an act of terror uh, on the people of Israel. It should be condemned. And of course, Israel had a right to defend itself. But, but that original right to defend itself has now become, in my view, a war on children. Um, and you cannot build peace on the mass graves of children. Um, it is unfortunate that a country has become blinded uh, by rage. Can you explain to people who don't follow politics very closely how a minister could say something that strong against Israel and then not support those two motions on Wednesday night? I think he is doing that because the government is trying to tread the line carefully of being very critical of Israel and not being shy about being critical of Israel. And this started two weeks ago in Korea again, where the Taoiseach said that what Israel was doing was something approaching revenge in respect of their actions in Gaza. And that, I think, has given the latitude to ministers like Simon Harris, for example, to criticize Israel with very uh, evocative language, um, language which I think everyone would identify with if they are watching the news every night or seeing the images coming out of Gaza. Um, But they, at the same time, they want to maintain the diplomatic channels because there is an eight-year-old girl in the tunnels in Gaza being held by Hamas, or there were 40 people, Irish people, in Gaza who couldn't get out. And they don't see the merit in cutting off diplomatic relations with a country whom ultimately we must deal with. Um, And I think that's difficult for the public to understand uh, because I think the public, the majority of the public in Ireland are appalled at what they're seeing in Gaza. Uh, They don't think it's proportionate what Israel has done. Um, There is a very real question about whether they're acting within international law. Uh, And while uh, expelling the ambassador um, might make us feel better for a day or two, it might be a story in the international news for a day or two, it wouldn't actually have an impact on Israel's policy, not for a second. It's politics, basically. It's it's the art of the compromise. It's the art of the fudge. It's 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 trying to play both sides a little bit. Um, but you know, it's interesting. Simon Harris made those comments in the Dáil this week. He also made them on RTE last weekend, um, and he was criticised by Alan Shatter, the former Justice Minister, um, his former par- party colleague in Fine Gael, uh, many years ago. Now at this stage, um, so Simon Harris is getting flack from both sides. Really, he's getting flack from. Uh, people who are on the, uh, the the side of the Palestinian cause who would argue that, you know, well, he's speaking out of both sides of its mouth, but equally his condemnation of Israel is drawing a lot of criticism from some on the right of Fine Gael and some even further to the right, I guess, and, and some even, I guess, who've had a long-held interest in this this area, like Alan Shatter, for example, who, um, who's spoken often about his Jewish faith um, and, and has been quite quite active on this issue as well in recent weeks. Obviously, there's no question that we are definitely a European outlier in terms of the way that our government has been speaking about this conflict since it started. What do you think that means? Do you think people are paying close attention in Europe to the way that we're talking about this? Or, I mean, do we will we still hold any influence with European countries in terms of the stance that we take on this issue? Yeah, I mean, I think we're aligned with a number of European countries, uh, definitely in the minority, I think, the likes of Spain, I think, the, the likes of, of Portugal as well, um, who would be very much, uh, maybe not as strident as, as Ireland has been, but certainly we would be an outlier compared to countries like Germany, for example, Austria, um, who obviously, historically, 
um, have a have a tricky history with the uh, with, with people of the Jewish faith because of the Holocaust, um, and and ever since the, the end of the Second World War, have um, almost gone completely the other direction, or have gone the completely other other direction in terms of standing up for the rights of Jewish people and for the Jewish state. Uh, and even France, I think, um, again, historically very aligned with, with Israel. But in recent weeks, President Macron has given interviews where he has been critical of, of the uh, what, what he's seen in Gaza. And even you see the United States, you know, although not supporting things like a ceasefire, I think they, they have been somewhat critical of the fact that thousands of children are dying in Gaza because, you know, most right-minded people or some way right-minded people would, would say that is wrong. Um, but Ireland is definitely an outlier. I think Ireland can justifiably and the Irish government can justifiably say that, look, we, we, from the very start, we've been concerned about Israel's actions. And as the war has escalated and as the bombings have continued and as the thousands of people have died and thousands more have died, I think increasingly there are, there are countries and there are people within Europe who are coming around to the Irish way of thinking on this. And I think you, if this action of Israel continues in the way in which it has continued, I think you're going to find more and more uh, countries coming more to, to the side of Ireland, really. We will continue uh, to work with our European Union colleagues to get a cessation um, of violence and ultimately lead to discussions that would ultimately enable people in Israel, people in Palestine to live in harmony together. That is the only way forward um, into the future. And my thanks to Hugh O'Connell and earlier to Philip Ryan. I'm Ellen Coyne and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by Mary Carroll and Garrett Mulhall, researched by Dave Hannerty and Sylvia O'Merodian, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from Oroctus TV, RTE News, RTE Primetime, The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk, EU Debates, Reuters and The Irish Independent. For live updates on this story, you can follow online at The Irish Independent. And if you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfame. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Pashe Dochretcher, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vientalamaginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms.